Today, I have the honor of sitting with a new friend who I met quite by accident in Scotland. Our cars collided last month on a very confusing roundabout for an American driver like me. It may seem like such a strange way for two people to meet, but after sitting in his home and having tea after our fender bender, we became friends, and I am honored to have some time listening and learning about how my new friend, just before he turned 18, made his way from Syria to Jordan to eventually his new home in Dundee, Scotland. He agreed to be interviewed for my Voices Across the Border podcast while he drove me back to my rented flat since I had no working vehicle and he was, of all things, a Scottish taxi driver. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed our meeting. He has a perspective on freedom that certainly would make most, like me, feel very grateful. This is Will Psorski, and I'm here with Hamza Al-Ghazali. And Hamza, could you tell me a bit about your experiences crossing international borders and uh, seeking refuge here in Scotland? Uh, so, uh, I was, uh, I came refugee to Scotland for uh, 2016. So, when I came there, I uh, was speaking English at home. I just was speaking Arabic. Okay. It was a little bit. It was difficult for me when I came over there because uh, not speaking English, I not understand nothing. Uh, it was I have uh, they have uh, from uh, uh, Dundee City Council to translate Arabic to English to mm-hmm. understand. Then I got to school. I'm learning English. Uh, being okay, being right. Mm-hmm. And where did you come from? Uh, when it was the war in Syria, I just get refugee from Syria to Jordan. I moved from Syria to Jordan, refugee, and then I come refugee as well from Jordan to Scotland. Mm. Okay, and how was um? your life and your experiences in Syria before you went to Jordan and then to Scotland? Uh, it was very nice even though it's because it's still your mother country. And uh, it was a nice, you know, um, was went to school, working as well. I was working plumber as well, mm-hmm. doing a plumber. Uh, so and then I worked in pharmacy as well. Mm-hmm. So and then we start uh, the world, I just Council of school, I can go to school. Uh, it was uh, very, very dangerous in Syria. In Syria? Yeah, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Well, what were some of your experiences like with the violence and the conflicts uh, and the war happening inside of Syria? The government was just, uh, you know, we don't, we don't like the government, uh, Bashar Assad. We don't like him to stay over there in Syria. So we just tell him to get out and then he start kill the children, the old man's, uh, anyone he can kill. Uh, it's like, uh, I, I near uh, died two times in Syria. Uh, when I was working in a pharmacy, so out of my city, we have a pharmacy, you know, I was working over there. Yeah. And then the government armies, Coming to uh, my pharmacy, 
diplomacy uh, and then the, they start uh, uh, to, you know, they have a gun. Yeah. They want to kill the people who are there, they're scared, you know? Yeah. From uh, 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 people who don't need him. They think we are him, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they start uh, just have a gun and uh, they want to kill us and they just we run we're hiding someplace. Wow. So so the government, why would they come and, and use their weapons against people like you? It's like, you know, uh, same example, you know, when they go into a city like that, we go into any city, you know, they need it. So the first thing before they go in the city, they start bomb to city. Everywhere coming, no problem, the bomb. House in the street, everywhere, doesn't matter. They don't care about that. They start bomb. And then they bring the helicopter as well. In the helicopter they have a big bombs as well. They throw it to the people or the house. Same example, like if you if you sit in your house and the helicopter coming. You know when you die. Wow. So they, when they come in, the government, when they send helicopter, they don't tell them go there, that place or that place or that place. Anywhere. Anywhere. Wow. They don't care. Wow. So, so what, were there any areas that were safe from that kind of violence? Uh, or any people? That they don't have any, any safe, you know, when uh, the helicopter coming. Really? You don't, you, they don't have any area safe, you know? But you can see it when it's coming from the sky to down. You know, when they threw it, the bomb for you, the house or the, the village or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, oh my god, man. Too many people die yeah. from that one. That's terrifying. Too many people. That's terrifying. Or guns. You know, I have uh, my neighbors, he have uh, three children. And then uh, uh, his wife, you know, uh, wake him up in the morning early. They go into in, uh, in Syria. When you go to buy bread, we have to go like shop for bread, mm-hmm. and then we start stand outside queue mm-hmm. to buy bread. Mm-hmm. You know, stand queue, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was he's going to buy the bread, and then sniper from the government he kill him. Oh my god. So why why do they just actively kill people like that? Because we don't like the government. That's awful. And how long did you live in Syria? Uh, I've been, I left Syria on 2012. But you were born and raised there? Yeah, I born in Syria. So you experienced this violence since you were a kid? Yeah. And it was very common for you. It's very common. It's very scary for you, man. It's too scary. Wow. Uh, they don't have a safe life in Syria. Uh, uh. The people he don't he doesn't know when he's die. And in Syria they have like in the street, they have like a closed street. Like you know they have armies in the street. Uh. When you have to pass the street or the armies. The, you should have the, your ID, ID, yeah. you know, when you pass it. In the, in the government, what they doing, you know, when the people, the children, uh, I mean the, the mans, the boys, yeah. 
when they are his age uh, of 16, 17, they take him to army. They take him to army. In uh, an army in Syria, you must go and when you're age 18, you have to go army. Really? Yeah. Did you serve? Yeah, but that's for everyone. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. Oh, cause you you went to Jordan. Yeah, I went to Jordan before my age eighteen. Oh. So they forced people into the military. Yeah, you know, when the, some like some boys, they are his age between seventeen, sixteen. They take him, and then when they take him to army, the family care about the children, the son, where he's been. Where yeah. he's going? Maybe die. Maybe you know we don't know where he's going. Yeah. And then. And the government is killing people, right? Yeah, so if you're um, if you're enlisted into the army, wouldn't you be killing some of your own people? In the army, what they said to you, you have to kill the people. If you don't kill the people, they will kill you. Wow. So you don't have a choice. Wow. You will die or you have to kill. If that's me, I'm not kill anyone. Yeah. Okay, I'll go and die. Yeah, that's awful. So why I kill people, they do nothing for me. So why? Oh. That's too bad, man. Yeah. In the army now, now in the army, that's when was in Syria as well. If you don't kill, you kill. You will die. Mm -hmm. Children, they chop it in a knife. They chop a children in a knife. They chop children with knives? With a knife. Oh my god. Knives. Yeah. In front yeah. of my eyes. And I can't do nothing. When did that happen? That's when I was in Syria. That's uh, before I left Syria two months. And you, you witnessed stuff like that happen? Yeah, it's man. Uh, I have as well my, my uh, neighbors. Uh, they, uh, you know how how they are kill him. They put vitriol uh, and fire. And they burned. Burn, burn him. Your neighbor. My neighbors. Not just him, and they have uh, a many uh, guys with him as well. It was they put. You know what they doing? You know when you go to school in Syria, they have the ground. You know underground. That's what we make a store. What they are, they, 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 they put them all down and the fire. Everyone put, you know, diesel or petrol or yeah, gas, yeah. anything. No problem. And all down. Fire from the top and you hear the noise, smell the city. Three, three, three four days bad. Still. Wow. Yeah, my dad, he said, uh, it's now, it's very, very dangerous life. He said, if if you will stay in Syria, maybe we'll, we will die. So better we left Syria. Mm -hmm. It was hard for us as well. You left your son, your country. Yeah. And then, you know, when you left it, you you, you know, will be come back if they change it. Mm -hmm. So now Syria can't go back, but it was... To be honest, I don't was uh, don't like uh, to live in Syria when I left it. Yeah. But how how was your experience uh, crossing the border to Jordan? Did you come across any problems? Um, 
they will ask you where you going you know when you when, you, when I went to Jordan uh, when I went to Jordan uh, at that time uh, it was uh, when I left my my village and more I left morning seven o'clock morning I left my village uh, 12 o'clock afternoon helicopter came into my city to my oh, village oh my 12 o'clock so I left before what happened when they came into your village? The same every time, you know. They just kill. Just kill. Just wow. kill. Even you know, even in night time, night time. Uh, they would. What time? They start like afternoon. Start seven, seven, eight o'clock afternoon. Mm. End up to seven o'clock morning. Wow. He don't let you to sleep. Wow. And then in night time. In daytime, sorry, bomb as well. So that's, you know, it was for us bomb. You know, we can't say it. It's all we, we we will die. You know, from that. You know, we're scared. But better when you hear the helicopter. If you hear the helicopter, man. Done. Do you think that if you hadn't have gone to Jordan, you would have died in your village? And, uh, yeah, they have died. It's too many people still still die every day, man. Really? Every day they have times. People. Uh, when I went to Jordan, it was uh, like you know, still scared. We still scared. You thinking you know we still in Syria, we scared for the bit. Mm. But it's normal life going back in, in Jordan. Uh, I left in Jordan three years and a half mm. in Jordan, and then uh, I just come to Scotland to refugee. But when you lived in Jordan, you were still scared in the beginning. In the beginning, when I like a couple of days, a couple of days just yeah. because so scared from Syria. This was all the time. Even uh, I still have my cousin in Syria. They say it's now it's everything expensive. Uh, scared of life as well. Uh, you don't know when you die. Uh, too many things, man. Too many things. Yeah. Did the rest of your family also leave Syria? Uh, yeah, I start. Uh, I have two, three cousins left my Syria. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some the rest of them in Syria, inside Syria. Wow. And do you worry about them? Of course, man. Yeah. My cousins, my uncle. Of course. You still have cousins there. How? How? Has the conflict um, changed since you've left? Has it gotten worse or better? It's it's not better. It's still the same, you know. Still the same. Still the same. But uh, and then now it's too expensive. Not just expensive. Too expensive. What What do you think, in in your opinion, can be done about the conflict to try and work towards peace? Uh, like. Uh, Nine wells, you know, hospitals, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because every day they have kills, you know, they have some of like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they need it, yeah. Oxygen as well. Just additional resources. Yeah, yeah it is. And Were any other countries, governments helping? helping when we come to Ruvigi, Jordan opened, they come to Ruvigi to Jordan. Mm-hmm. The people. Mm-hmm. And then they, we, when uh, we was in Jordan, we applied for Ruvigi. Uh-huh. So first meeting in Jordan, we have it uh, 
to USA, America. So we should go into America first meeting in Jordan. And then when we come in the second me meeting, they said, you foil accepted your UK. I said, we tell them, okay, okay, everywhere, no problem for yeah. us. When we come in there, we don't, you know, we don't uh, choose which country you, you go in. Yeah. We don't know where we go in whilst in Jordan. Yeah. How's Scotland, how's London, you know, yeah. we don't know where to go in. But in a meeting, when you have a course, they told you, you are uh, coming in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So when you come, when we come there, over there, because we don't know any people Arabic here, you know, in Scotland, to ask him if how's life there, you know, how's yeah. going, you know, we don't know anyone. So we just come on by there, and then uh, the Vendi City Council bring translator from Arabic to English, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, have uh, uh, a four uh, families before we come to. Mm. So we ask him, they meet, we meet us as well. Mm-hmm. We ask him how's it going, like they said, it's very nice, good, really? friendly people as well, nice people. You know. Yeah, do you practice Syrian traditions as well? Yeah, of course. How was like the initial like couple weeks or months when you didn't have the other Syrian families here? Oh, it was, we just need to meet the 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 farmers when they are coming, you know, to speak in Arabic, mm-hmm. because we don't speak in English, we don't know how to speak in English, nothing. It just was two words, yes or no, that's it. Me <laughs> now we have uh, more than 70 family Syrians here. Wow, really? Yeah. That's amazing. We, we will, we do in uh, every one week, uh, like in a week we do on Wednesday, sitting together. We choose one day in a week, in a, in a week mm. to sit to see each other. You know. Yeah, you have a little community now. Yeah, that we can have. Yeah. Feel comfortable with. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much for sharing your personal experience with the immigration process, and also sharing how you managed to keep your hope and your tradition alive in a new country with so much unfamiliarity. Leaving his family behind in a violence-filled nation, Hamza experienced psychological trauma during his immigration process. Settling in a new area of the world, where unfamiliarity surrounded him in almost every aspect, adapting to a new life proved extremely difficult. However, his persistence and drive to pursue a safe life in a free country prevailed. Today, Hamza has a community and doesn't need to fear, unless, of course, He finds himself on a roundabout in Scotland with me. Thank you for listening and joining us on another episode of Voices Across the Border.